hope you're staying warm and enjoying sports like we always do. At Edge of Your Seat Podcast, that's what we do. So why not you? Today is a special day known to all as Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. It's 6 o'clock in the morning as we're recording this. So we're starting a little early. Going to enjoy some family outings and time with our loved ones, no doubt. We're definitely thankful for our listenership, our sponsorship, everything that goes on at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We appreciate everyone to the fullest. Thank you for being part of this amazing ride. We're three years in and no way, no way of slowing down, stopping, nothing like that. Like we said, hope you're staying warm and enjoying sports. Man, we have been all over the globe lately. Well, the globe of Illinois. Officiating games, covering games. On Friday, so six days ago, it was eight degrees outside with the wind chill at Monmouth College for the Illinois eight-man football state championship. And what a fantastic game. I'm glad I was there for every second of it. However, Amboy Lemoyle, Ohio, the Clippers, fell to West Central 44-36. It was a heartbreaking loss for the Clippers, but absolutely, absolutely, they do not have any reason to hang their heads. We'll talk more about this in just a few, as we got some special guests. I'm your host, Brandon Lachance. This is episode 244. Our multiple guests, we have the LP Girls bowling team won last year's sectional went to state as a team we spoke with senior isabella weber sophomore olivia weber the two sisters and coach jim mccabe after last year's season ended and then now we just started we just started a whole new year olivia weber is a junior isabella graduated but jim mccabe's got a whole new team And they're ready. They're ready. They're just a couple practices in. And this is their roster. It's it's full. They got a full roster for the Lady Cavs. Every year they do. Bowling is huge in LaSalle, Peru, and I love it. It's always fun watching them, covering them, paying attention to the Lady Cavs bowling season every year. We got Victoria Campbell, McKenna Fanning, Mackenzie Hamilton, Melvina Jordan, Olivia Kinkin, Cameron Osapinski, Cameron Para, Anna Ritchie, Alyssa Toshia, Olivia Weber, Haley Weber, and Alexis Yepsen. Obviously, they want to win another sectional and return to state. Then we have Amboy senior Wes Wilson, who just finished his golf season, his senior golf season, finishing 16th at the Class 1A boys golf state meet which was in october plus i just saw him a week ago at basketball practice while i was at amboy high school getting other stories so he's a busy guy athletic making sure he's doing a sports thing and i did just say we'll get back to it in a second with the eight-man title game we have scott payne from his comments right after the game it was emotional he held it together. The team held it together. You know, there was some crying, and there's a, that's okay. That's always okay. When you are eight points away from winning a state title, I'd be bowling. I would ball. I would 
absolutely I would ball. No doubt about it. They had a great season. It was fun to cover every single game, whether it was actually there. I was at four or five Clipper games and spoke to Coach Payne after every one of them. Actually, I think I was more like three, four, four. I was at four Clipper games. Getting to cover them was amazing. They had a great season. Can't wait to see what happens next year as they're only losing one senior, although it is quarterback Tucker Lindenmeyer, who had a great state finals game, a great postseason. He got injured week four, came back for the first week of the playoffs, and after one quarter of showing a little rust, played amazingly the rest of the season. Can't wait to see what happens next year with the Clippers. All episodes, all 244, can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Social media, you know we got that. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. Please, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Facebook, Twitter, please like, review, share, five stars, comments, all that good stuff. It helps us out, shoots us up over other podcasts so people know we're here we always appreciate that if you have any questions suggestions you want to be a guest know somebody that would be a good guest want to do some advertising with edge of your seat podcast please send an email to edge of your seat podcast at gmail.com and as always much love huge shout out to brian cavelli cavelli productions for the intro and outro beat of this podcast edge of your seat podcast i love the name i love the podcast the intro makes it even better before we get to our guest we're gonna break down some playoffs this time it is the monster cross country intro as we break down the regional sectionals and state for cross country 1a 2a 3a and we will also have a grab bag. Our next show, we will break down volleyball, football, and swimming as their postseasons are finished, as swimming and volleyball is. And football is in the championship games. Championship games are tomorrow, Friday, November 25th. So we will have a show putting them out before they begin. So let's get to cross country. It was an amazing season. And honestly, compared to other years, the runners had some pretty amazing weather. It wasn't too rainy. It wasn't cold until the very end. So it was a pretty amazing cross country season when it comes to weather. Because when you're outside, like that's your thing. You know, the weather is a major player here. But the season was good. Cross country didn't have really much to complain when it came to weather. And when it came to area athletes, they didn't have anything to complain about either because we had cross-country athletes all throughout the postseason, including state. Regionals were October 21st and 22nd. Sectionals were October 29th. And then the state meet was Saturday, November 5th. So about 19 days ago. We'll start with the Class 1A Boys Eureka Regional. Normal University won with 29 points. Fieldcrest was 13th with 325. Advancing for Fieldcrest was sophomore Caleb Krischel with a 16-minute 25.70 run. 
The girls won a Eureka Regional. Eureka won with a 45. Fieldcrest had 244 points for 11th. Advancing for the Knights was Claire Phillips as the junior ran 21 minutes, 00.77 seconds. The class won a Bishop McNamara Regional, which is in Kankakee for the boys. Hersher won with a 44. They were 42 points ahead of the second place team. For the girls, Hersher had 61 points for second, as Chicago Christian was the only team ahead of the girls with 41 points for the win. For the boys, Hersher's squad, sophomore Braden Shepard finished fourth at 17-19, finishing seventh with sophomore Matthew Benoit, 17-35. Eighth was junior Thomas Morgan, 17-36. 13th was senior Connor Overacker, 18-24. 17th was sophomore Joshua Thorson, 18-44. And coming in at 29th was senior Jacob Karachi, 19-55. For the girls, Junior Gracie Kent was fourth at 2008. Ninth was freshman Kelly O'Connor, 2048. Tenth was freshman Sophie Vincescus, 2049. 23rd for Hersher, Junior Emma Hogan, 2205. 26 was freshman Faye Hoiberg, 2227. 29th was senior Chloe Whalen, 2236. And coming in 36th was junior Caitlin Goya, 23-39. The Class 1A Rock Falls Regional for the boys, Port Byron, which is Riverdale, won with 24. Coming in 4th was Newman with 119. Amboy had 139 points for 7th. Polo had 189 points for 8th. Mendota came in 9th with 213 and Oregon was 11th at 317. Qualifying for sectionals was Carson Jones, senior from Polo, 1938, for 8th place. Coming in 10th was Anthony Kelson, a sophomore from Dota, at 1642. 12th was Kyler McNich, a senior from Amboy, 1645. With a time of 1646, 13th place was Newman Jr. Lucas Simpson. 16th was Lucas Schwab, a junior from Newman, 1652. Amboy senior Charlie Dickinson came in 21st at 1722. Ken Basin, a senior from Newman, was 25th at 1735. Also from Newman, Wyatt Weedoff, the sophomore, finished 27th with 1737. Coming in at 30th was Atticus Horner, a sophomore from Amboy, 1756. 36th was Garrett Pertell, a senior from Amboy, at 1816. 42nd was Ryan Welty, a freshman from Newman, at 1826. 47th was Kelton Schwamberger, a senior from Amboy, at 1840. 52nd was Zachary DeForest, a sophomore from Newman, at 1854. And at 55th, was Jaden Haley, a sophomore from Amboy at 1904. In the last few years, the qualifying has changed. It used to be the top four teams and the top 10 individuals. Now, it is the top six teams and the top five individuals. So, if you're on a top six team, you're in. 
And if you have one of the best times as an individual that is not on one of those advancing teams, you advance to sectionals. For the girls, 1A Rock Falls Regional. Rock Falls won with the 27. Oregon came in fourth with the 110, advancing as a team. And Newman had 165 points for seventh. Individuals. Ella Danhorn, sophomore from Oregon, 1954, finished 7th. 12th was Carolyn Bend, senior from Indian Creek, with a 2041. Claire Grisham came in 14th as the senior from Newman had a time of 2047. At 2103, Ellen Hudson, senior from Oregon, was 16th. Finishing 35th was Natalie Tremble, senior from Oregon, at 2311. A freshman from Oregon, Abby Ludwig, was 38th with a 23-29. 45th was Sophia McCoy, freshman from Newman, 23-57. And coming at 51st was Monica Healy, a senior from Newman, 24-17. The 1A Seneca Regional for the boys. Pontiac won it all with a 36. Sandwich was second with a 56. Burrow Valley was third with a 92, Seneca fourth with a 97, Anawan Weathersfield was fifth with a 136, Henry Sinatuan was sixth with a 153, St. Bede came in seventh with a 172, and with a 190, Kiwani was eighth. For the girls' team standings at the 1A Seneca Regional, Sandwich won it all with a 54. Congratulations to Sandwich. Seneca was second with a 62. Anwan Weathersfield was 5th with a 127. Henry Sinatuan had 134 points for 6th. And Ottawa Marquette had 139 for 7th. Advancing for the boys. Pontiac Jr. Aiden Lee won it. Regional champ with a 16.53. Coming in 2nd was Seneca Jr. Austin Aldridge with a 17.15. Wyatt Miller, a senior from Sandwich, was 3rd with a 17.32. Fernando Daly from Pontiac, the junior, he took fourth with a 1741. 1801, for fifth place was Burrow Valley senior Elijah House. Cam Fenton, a Pontiac sophomore, was sixth at 1813. Carson Schrum, a sophomore from Anwan Weathersfield, was seventh at 1817. Coming in eighth was Dayton Beatty, a senior from Sandwich, at 1817. Benjamin Ruth, Burrow Valley senior, with an 18-20, took 9th. Coming in 10th was Hudson Willis, a senior from Sandwich, at 18-24-30. At 18-24-60, Jackson Payne, a Pontiac junior, took 11th. Coming in 13th was Tristan Chambers, a junior from Dwight, at 18-33. At 18-35, coming in 14th was Max Cryer, a Sandwich Junior, and 15th was Chris Pointer, a senior from Seneca at 18.48. The top 15 for girls, at least from our area, teams that we cover. Sundro Weber, a freshman from Sandwich, and you're going to hear her name a lot, finished first, the regional champ, with an 18.40. At 19.50, coming in second was Evelyn O'Connor, a sophomore from Seneca. Kennedy Anderson came in fourth. She's a junior from Anawan Weathersfield with a 2016. At 2035, coming in fifth was Jaden Lucas, 
a Pontiac sophomore. The sixth spot was owned by Joanna Riviera, a sophomore from Sandwich at 2052. Daniela Bumber, freshman from Henry Sinatuan, came in seventh with a 2054. At eighth was Emily Urbanski, a freshman from Sandwich, 2057. 11th was Danielle Johnson, a senior from Anwan Weathersfield at 2124. Princeton was represented at the 13th spot by senior Lexi Bombs with a 2148. 14th was Michaela Frawley, senior from Henry Sinatuan, 2227. 15th, Ashley Alsvig, senior from Seneca with a 2258. The Class 1A Winnebago Regional for the boys. Rockford Christian won with a 45. Byron was fourth with a 135 advancing as a team. For the girls, Winnebago won it with a 36. And Byron with a 170 took the last qualifying spot for sectionals with a sixth place, 170 points for Byron. For the boys, winning it all was Weston Ford, a junior from Reed Custer with a 1437. For Byron, 6th place, Tim Starwalt, the freshman, with a 1540. 26th was John Wicklin, the senior, 1656. Byron Jr. Aiden Carby took 29th with a 1709. 1727 was Paul Wicklin, a junior, for 33rd. And taking 63rd was Byron freshman Micah Hilliker, 1933. For the girls, we're just talking all Byron, the Lady Tigers. Junior Sarah Tillett was 19th with a 20.00.5. 27th was Gabrielle Northrop as the freshman finished in 2043. 32nd was Lauren Carlson, senior with a 21.11. Also a Byron senior, Sydney Smith was 50th with a 22.28. Coming in 60th was Ella Hayes as the sophomore had a 23.32. 78th was Elena Haas, a senior with a 27-26. Those were the regionals. Congrats to everybody that made it advance to the sectionals. Here is the 1A sectionals. We'll start with Elgin Harvest Christian Academy sectional. For the boys, Harvest Christian Academy won it all with a 64. Hersher finished 9th with a 249. For the girls, Aurora Rosary won it with a 64 and Hersher had 208 for 8th place. For the boys, winning it all was Harvest Christian Academy senior Daniel Hinkleman with a 1606-8. Advancing for Hersher at the 26th spot was Braden Shepard as a sophomore had a 1743. For the girls, Chicago Christian senior Anna Enderley won it with a 1925, while Hersher sent Gracie Kent to state as the junior had a 2033. The 1A Elmwood sectional for the boys. Normal U1 with a 41. The girls Pleasant Plains won with a 105. Fieldcrest representatives Claire Phillips and Caleb Krishkel did not advance. The 1A Oregon sectional. We had a lot of people advance out of this one. For the boys in the team standings, Riverdale won with a 33. Pontiac took third with a 151. Sandwich was fourth with a 174. And Newman was sixth with a 204. So Pontiac, Sandwich, and Newman all advance as a team. That is huge. 
Advancing the state as a team is gigantic. 11th was Amboy with a 313. Seneca had 317 for 12th. Burrow Valley had 323 for 13th. Byron was 15th with a 386. Henry Sinanchuan 19th with a 472. Anawan Weathersfield was 20th with a 479. And St. Bede with 550 was 21st. Qualifying out of the 1A Oregon sectional to the state meet. Finishing first, winning it all. Tommy Murray, senior from Riverdale, 1607. The first team, player, athlete, runner that we pay attention to from one of our schools came in sixth as Pontiac Junior Aiden Lee had a 1656. Tenth was Elijah House, the senior from BV, with a 1716. Tim Starwalt, freshman from Byron, was 13th with a 1720. Coming in 14th was Alston Aldridge, a junior from Seneca, at 1722. Anthony Kelson, a sophomore from Dota, 1726, was 17th. Right behind Kelson at 18th was Carson Jones, senior from Polo, 1728. 1723 at 19th was Wyatt Miller, a senior from Sandwich, also a senior from Sandwich. Tied for 14th was Dayton Beatty at 1741. Newman had two juniors at 28 and 31st. Lucas Simpson came in first at 1744.10, and Lucas Schwad at 1754.20 was 31st. 34th was Cam Fenton, sophomore from Pontiac at 1801.50. 35th was Fernando Daly, a junior from Pontiac at 1802.80. Max Cryer was 38th, junior from Sandwich, 1805. 44th, a senior from Sandwich, Hudson Wills at 1813. 45th was Ken Boson, senior from Newman, 1815. 49th was Jackson Payne, Pontiac Jr., 1821. Also from Pontiac, freshman Logan McCabe was 51st with an 1822. 54th was Wyatt Weedoff, a sophomore from Newman, 1829. 62nd, Tyler Hansen, sophomore from Pontiac at 1843. Pontiac also had sophomore Jake DeWold at 1847 with a 65th place finish. 77th was Josh Schaefer's sophomore from Sandwich, 1910-10. At 1910-20 was Newman freshman Ryan Welty, 78th. 94th place, A.J. Parkson, freshman from Sandwich, 1927. At 110 was Espen Hams, a junior from Newman, at 2014. And at 2142, Carver Grummet, a Newman junior, was 132. For the girls at the 1A Oregon sectional, winning it all was Winnebago with an 83. Sandwich came in third at 163. Seneca was fourth at 178. Both Sandwich and Seneca advancing to state as a team. 13th was Oregon with a 346. 15th, Anwan Weathersfield, 392. Byron with a 398 was 16th. Henry Sinanchuan had 423 for 18. Newman was 20th at 475. And Marquette had 494 for 21st. Advancing to state for the girls. Sandwich freshman, Sundura Weber won it all the champion with an 1826. Evelyn O'Connor, Seneca sophomore, was fourth with a 19.25. At eighth was Kennedy Anderson, Anwan Weathersfield Jr., 1939. 
Jaden Lucas, a Pontiac sophomore, was 13th at 2027. 15th was Emily Urbanski, a freshman from Sandwich, at 2032. Ella Danborn was 18th, a sophomore from Oregon, at 2050. A senior from Princeton, Lexi Bombs, was 19th with a 2051. 2110 for 24th was Joanna Rivera, a Sandwich sophomore. 35th was Gracie Steffies, Seneca Jr., 2150. Seneca freshman Lily Mueller was 49th with a 2246. At 2255, sophomore from Sandwich Aaron Listman was 54th. Seneca then took 59th, 62, 68, and 82. Senior Keely Pumphrey was 59th with a 2307. 2314th was senior Ashley Alsvig at 62. 68 was Natalie Meisner, a sophomore from Seneca, at 23.33. And at 24.19 was Seneca freshman Ruthie Steffies at 82. Coming 94th was Hannah Trepton, a sophomore from Sandwich, at 24.41. Congratulations to everybody that advanced to state in 1A. And here is the state meet results from November 5th for the boys. DePaul College Prep won state with a 113. Pontiac as a team finished 416 for 16th. Newman had a 577 for 22nd. And coming in 24th was Sandwich at 595. The winner, the state champ, was Gavin Geneseo from Benton. He's a junior with a 1457-11. Our best finisher was Aiden Lee, the junior from Pontiac, was 36th with a 1626. Coming in 60th was Elijah House, Barrow Valley Senior, with a 1643. At 1649, Sandwich Senior Dayton Beatty was 68th. Wyatt Miller, the Sandwich Senior, was 73rd, 1653. 54. At 1653-79 was Byron Freshman Tim Starwalt for 74th place. 80th was Alston Aldridge, Seneca Jr. at 1655. At 86 was Newman Jr. Lucas Simpson, 1658-44. At 1658-52 was Pontiac Jr. Fernando Daly for 87th. Congratulations to all them. State is not easy. Getting there, running well, never, never, never easy. Girls won a state. The results. Unity won it with an 84. Sandwich was 21st with a 477, and Seneca was 25th with a 577. Winning it all was Mary Brunn, Monticello Sr. at 1708-43. 1726-38 saw second place Sundura Weber, the sandwich freshman. I said we'd say her name a lot, and sure enough, second place at state her freshman year. Wow, that's amazing, amazing. Finishing fourth, Kennedy Anderson, Anwan Weathersfield Jr. at 1745-66. Twelfth was Evelyn O'Connor, Seneca sophomore at 1807. At 1943, Pontiac sophomore Jaden Lucas was 73rd. 79th was Emily Urbanski, freshman from Sandwich, 1944. And in 1955, Gracie Kent was 100th, the junior from Hersher. Congratulations to everybody out of 1A. Again, state's not easy. Running well's not easy. Meddling's not easy. It is nothing easy about cross country. Congratulations to all. That is amazing. Edge of Your Seat Podcast is brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated 
to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town, the staff of general manager Ski Hartman and his associate Jason Hintz pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old and has been with Mendota Ford for two years. He has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for seven years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski and Jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find another vehicle on another lot, check out www.mendotaford.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. Class 2A. Let's start with the Morris Regional for the boys. Geneseo 1 with a 48. Fourth was Morris with the 118, advancing both Geneseo and Morris as teams to the sectional. Eighth was Ottawa with a 210. LaSalle Peru had a 216 for ninth. Streeter was 10th with a 240. Plano was 11th with a 253. Winning it all was Cody Danko from Streeter as the senior had a 1526. Caden Welch from Morris, also a senior, was third with a 1548. Dylan Gell from Geneseo and Tyler Gell from Geneseo. Dylan, a sophomore. Tyler, a senior, came in a fourth and fifth. Dylan had a 1615 and Tyler a 1626. Coming in eighth, a junior from Geneseo, Sam Mossbarger, 1639. At 1656, 10th place was Liam Tipple, a senior from Ottawa. Freshman from Morris, Nikita Javius, was 11th with a 1657. At 1659, coming in 13th was John Garcia, a junior from Plano. 14th was Jackson Sotos, a freshman from Geneseo at 1704. At 1711, LaSalle Peru senior Eric Garcia took 15th. Cooper Shad, a junior from Geneseo, was 17th at 1714. Morris freshman Brody Peterson was 23rd with a 1727. Coming in 25th was Max Johnson, a Geneseo sophomore, 1731. A freshman from Geneseo with a time of 1749, Aiden Breeze came in 32nd. At 36th, Jonathan Zarbrock, a freshman from Morris, had a time of 1819. Morris then took 45th, 53rd, and 76th. 45th was sophomore Lucci Eberhand with a 1832. Noah Smith, a senior in 1909. 56th was Chase McConnell, a freshman at 1920. For the girls advancing out of the 2A Morris Regional, Morris won it all with a 36. Ottawa had 75 for a second. Geneseo was third with an 83 making Geneseo, Ottawa, and Morris all sectional representatives as a team. LaSalle Peru was 7th with a 195, Plano was 10th with a 276, and Streeter with a 297 was 11th. Joy Dudley, a senior from Morris, you'll hear her name a lot, won it all with a 1758. Also from Morris, 
Sophomores were second and third. Second was Mackenzie Morton, 1844. And the other sophomore at 1922, Jaden Bertram, was third. Fifth was Grace Carroll from Ottawa, the senior head in 1941. 11th, Danica Martin, sophomore from Morris at 2023. 2024 from Ottawa was senior Kendra Martin for 12th. For 13th was Addison Miller, a sophomore from Ottawa at 2031. 14th, Ella Toome from Geneseo, the junior head at 2032. 2044, LP junior Enya De La was 15th. 17th was Jocelyn Reisner, a senior from Geneseo at 2057. Geneseo also had 18, 19, and 20. 18th was Eleanor DeBleck, a sophomore, 2104. 2128 was senior Jade Flowers. 20th was Jason Rink, a sophomore, at 2128. Morris senior Mariah Mayberry was 21st with a 2130. 23rd was Morgan Stone from Ottawa as the senior head of 2141. 24th, Jesslyn Belleville. A senior from Geneseo, 2143. Geneseo junior Caitlin Seaman, 2145 was 25th. 26th was Shaylin Quinn, a sophomore from Ottawa with a 2146. 37th was Eva Hemsoft, a senior from Ottawa, 2220. And coming in 39th was Peyton Valentine, a sophomore from Morris, 2224. The Class 2A Sterling Regional got plenty of names and accomplishments out of this one as well. Winning it all was Glenbard South with a 62. Sycamore was 4th with a 102. 6th was Sterling at a 152. Dixon was 7th with a 184. Rochelle came in 11th with a 279. Winning it all, Dale Johnson, a junior from Sterling with a 1512. His name will be said a lot as well. A great runner out of Sterling. Fifth was Knife Al-Harby from Sycamore as the junior had a 1548. 1608 coming in ninth was Aaron Conderman, a sophomore from Dixon. Twelfth, Ethan Solfisberg, Sycamore senior, 1612. At 1626, Sterling junior Parker Jansen was 15th. Twentieth saw Corey Goff, a sophomore from Sycamore at 1633. 26 saw Luis Hernandez, a junior from Rochelle, at 1654-40. And at 1654-50, Sycamore senior John Kearney was 27th. 38th was Caden Emmert, a senior from Sycamore at 1716. 41 was Phoenix Calabrese, sophomore from Sycamore, 1724. 1726, also from Sycamore, senior Jake Rundle was 42nd. 43rd was Thomas Holcomb. A senior from Sterling, 1727. Alan Schmidt, a sophomore from Sterling, was 46th at 1735. And Jordan Britt was 47th. Sterling Jr. had a time of 1739. That's some really fast times. I can never even think of running 1739, and that was 47th at a regional. Wow. Girls 2A Sterling Regional. Dixon won with a 25, Sterling was 5th with a 132, Sycamore 6th with a 135, advancing Dixon, Sterling, and Sycamore to the sectional, and Rochelle was 9th with a 248. Winning it all was Wheaton St. Francis freshman Margaret Andresjewski with an 1831. Second was Emma Smith, 
the junior from Dixon with an 1833. Dixon also had third, fourth, and fifth. Emily Conderman, the senior, 1907, was third. Fourth was freshman Kate Boss with a 1915. And fifth was Cameron Rogers, a freshman, 1922. Sycamore took 10th behind Haley King's 1951. Dixon, Sterling, Sycamore are continuously spread throughout all of these results. 11th was Hannah Steinmeier, the Dixon senior, 1954. Dixon junior Keeley Mick was 12th with a 20.00.4. 15th was Riley Wade, Sterling Jr. at 2008. 2021 16th was Ulema Ortiz, a Rochelle Sr. 17th, Kate Nipple, Dixon Sr., 2024. 19th, Layla Janish, a Sycamore freshman at 2027. From Sterling, Sr. Kylie Nicholas, was 26th with a 2044. 28th was Delia Black, a Sterling freshman at 2050. Sterling sophomore was 31st, Connie Elbera with a 2106. 34th was Maddie Stacy, a senior from Sycamore, 2134. 36th was Lanny Zutoff, a freshman from Sterling with a 2140. 37 was Grace Parks, a senior from Sycamore with a 2147. 38 was Alyssa Stacy, a Sycamore sophomore, 2156. 2213, Sycamore freshman Emma Cox came in 41st. 43rd was Carly Carpenter from Sycamore, she's a junior, 2224. And 45th was Emma Anderson from Sterling, a junior, 2245. Huge props to the runners getting out of regional as we enter the sectionals. 2A, Caneland sectional for the boys, Riverside Brookfield, the one with a 97. Sycamore was 10th with a 213. Sterling was 13th with a 332. Advancing to state, Sterling Jr. Dale Johnson was sectional champion with a 1436. That is fast. These courses are three miles. 1436. Yee! 15th was Sycamore Jr. Knife El Harby. With a 1548. 18th, Dixon sophomore Aaron Conderman with a 1551. Also advancing to state at 20th was Ethan Salisberg, senior from Sycamore, 1552. For the girls, Crystal Lake South and Crystal Lake Central both had 93 for first and second. Third was Dixon with a 105, advancing as an entire team to the girls' state meet. 15th was Sterling with a 354, and Sycamore had a 416, 417th. Winning it all was Rachel Sukup, a senior from Crystal Lake Prairie Ridge with a 1711. Dixon had 15th, 16th, and 18th at the Caneland sectional. 15th was freshman Kate Boss, 1847. 16th, junior Emma Smith, 1849. And Emily Conderman, Senior was 18th with the 1853. Not done with Dixon as Dixon freshman Cameron Rogers was 25th with the 1911. Coming in 34th, Delia Black, the freshman from Sterling, was 1929, and Dixon also took 37th and 40. 37th was Keeley Mick, the junior, with the 1937, and 40th was Kate Nipple, a senior, 1943. 
Moving on to the 2A Metamora sectional for the boys. Morton won with a 68. Geneseo was third with a 121, advancing as a team. Morris was 14th with a 309. The winner was Josh Weeks, a junior from Morton with a 14.5409. Cody Danko from Streeter came in fourth as the senior had a time of 15.11. Coming in fifth was Caden Welch. The Morris senior had a time of 15.15. Tenth was Dylan Gell, Geneseo sophomore at 15.45. 22nd, Tyler Gell, Geneseo senior, was 16.06. 24th, Sam Mossbarger, Geneseo Jr., 16th, 11th. Geneseo also had 39th, 43, and 94th as Jackson Sotos, the freshman, Max Johnson, the sophomore, and Cooper Shad, the junior, all advance. For the girls, Washington won with a 43. 5th was Morris with a 140. They advance as a squad. Ottawa was 9th with a 270. Geneseo with a 278 was 10th. Joy Dudley from Morris, the senior, won the sectional with a 1716. Third was Mackenzie Martin, sophomore from Morris, 1805. Also a sophomore from Morris with a 1906, Jaden Bertram was 24th. 28th was Ottawa's Grace Carroll, a senior with a 1909. Morris also had 51st, 72nd, 98th, and 99th. Danica Martin, the sophomore, had a 20.02 for 51st. Peyton Valentine, the sophomore, was 72nd. Leah Ortiz, the sophomore, was 98th. And senior Mariah Mayberry was 99th. This leads us up to the 2A Big Dance, the state meet, November 5th at Peoria's Detweiler Park. That's where they're all at. That's where they've been at for a long time. Peoria's Detweiler Park is beautiful, and it's a great course for cross country. Winning the 2A State Boys Championship was Riverside Brookside with a 131. Geneseo with a 554 was 23rd. The state champ was junior Dylan Nally from Marion with a 1449. Here's our guys. Coming in second, second at state, Dale Johnson, the junior from Sterling, 1506. Man, that is so fast. 1449, 15.06. That makes me tired just thinking about it. 27th, Knife Al Harby, Jr. from Sycamore at 1614. 16-16, 430th was Caden Welch, a senior from Morris. 45th, Ethan Sullivsburg. Senior from Sycamore at 1631. 1641, Alex Conderman, sophomore from Dixon, was 60th. 66, Dylan Gell, sophomore from Geneseo, at 1644. 86th, Cody Danko, senior from Streeter, at 1656. 129, Tyler Gell, a senior from Geneseo, at 1715. Congratulations, boys. State, man. That's awesome. Especially finishing second. Woof. Dale Johnson. That dude's quick. And got endurance. Girls 2A State. Winning it all was Grays Lake Central with a 106. Morris was 14th with a 371. And Dixon 15th with a 391. The state champ was senior Tatum David from Richland County with a 1705. Here's our girls. 
14th, Joy Dudley, a senior from Morris, 1821. Sophomore from Morris, Mackenzie Martin was 21st with an 1844. Emily Connerman was 76th, a senior from Dixon, at 1944. 87th was Emma Smith, a junior from Dixon, 1953. At 1957, Morris sophomore Jaden Bertram was 90th. Cameron Rogers was 93rd as the freshman from Dixon had a 1959. At 2002-96th was Grace Carroll, a senior from Ottawa. 99th was Keely Mick, a Dixon junior with a 2004. Oof. So we have Joy Dudley at 14th for Morris and Dale Johnson 2nd for Sterling. Crazy awesome finishes to crazy amazing careers. Dale Johnson, just a junior. Joy Dudley, a senior. I wonder if she's going on to run anywhere because if she's not, she should be. Congrats to all. 3A, McChesney Park, Harlem Regional. For the boys, the DeKalb team finished fourth with an 86, pacing Huntley, the regional champ, 63. The girls also paced Huntley as DeKalb finished 5th with a 139, Huntley won with a 32. We will get used to hearing this. In the top spot was Riley Newport, the DeKalb senior with a 1528, and finishing 2nd, Jacob Barraza. This does become a routine. The sophomore from DeKalb was 1533. Also for DeKalb, junior Eduardo Castro was 23rd with a 1657. Zero and at 1657-2 was Riley Collins, a junior at 24. Senior Jack Harrison was 36 with a 1721, and at 1722 was sophomore Nathan Tamanero at 37th. For the girls, Karima Gonzalez was ninth with a 1937. She is a junior. 24th was sophomore Brenda Aquano at 2040. 34th was Emily Gonzalez Fernandez. The sophomore had a 2135. At 2153 was senior Akimi Makan, who finished 37th. 39th was Merritt Siblick, freshman, had a 2159. At 2214, sophomore Iron Manriquez was 42nd. DeKalb moved on to the 3A Lake Park sectional. The boys finished 9th with a 194. The winner was Wheaton-Warrenville South with an 88. Riley Newport, the senior, won another race, this time a sectional title with a 1450. The sophomore Jacob Barraza right behind him as he finished 2nd with a 1510. The girls, DeKalb had a 421 for 16th. Huntley won with a 111. DeKalb did not have any advancers. Moving on to the Class 3A state meet, and the boys, Riley Newport, finished 7th, and Jacob Barraza finished 27th. What a year for them, and Jacob Barraza, only a sophomore, and he was learning from Riley Newport. Man, he's going to be <laughs> maybe a future state champ. Looking for bigger internet speeds at a better value? Surf Fiber has Mendota covered. Go big with Surf, and you'll get reliable. Fiber-fast internet, up to 25 times faster than cable. With Surf, there are no contracts or hidden fees, and you get a low, locked-in price that'll never go up. Want to speed things up even more? Go gig and get two free Eero Wi-Fi routers. It's the best deal of the year. 
Don't miss out. Call 844-955-SURF or visit surfinternet.com to make the switch today. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Well, hopefully you could keep up with the cross-country edition of the intro. Man, those are some fantastic times, fantastic speed, endurance. That takes a lot that I do not have and never had, could not run like that. So big shout outs to all of the cross-country runners that do their thing year in, year out, and are able to finish. I mean, even if you're 130th place, you're doing something that others are not. So feel proud of yourself, even if you're not winning state championships, sectionals, regionals, whatever. You're doing your thing. Let's get to the grab bag and then we'll get to our guest. We got a semi-sized grab bag. So let's get to it. First, we have four RIPs saluting heart to the chest, looking up in the sky, rest in peace. Start with Takeoff, the rapper of the Migos, part of the trio, Takeoff, Offset, and Cuevo. Takeoff was born June 18th, 1994, died November 1st, 2022, when he was shot three times in Houston. They say it was a stray bullet, but he was at a party. They went outside at the after party there was cards or dice and things didn't go well people started shooting and takeoff was shot three times and killed the migos are famous for a lot of different songs bad and bougie probably the number one i am partial to having our way i have all my fantasy football teams named having our way uh, i like that song a lot it does have drake on it but uh takeoff and the Migos, I mean, in the new rapper scene, are probably towards the top for me. And uh, it's it's sad that he was killed at such a young age. Second, Kevin Conroy, November 30th, 1955 to November 10th, 2022. This is the voice of Batman, the animated Batman series, all the animated movies. Kevin Conroy was Batman. Part of my childhood, a huge part of my childhood. Rest in peace as he passed away from colorectal cancer. I know I'm saying that wrong. Colorectal. We're going colorectal cancer is what took Kevin from us. Rest in peace, animated Batman. Also leaving us Gallagher. July 24th, 1946. The birth date passed away November 11th of this year from organ failure at 76 years old. Gallagher was hilarious. I don't think anybody that knows him or knew what he did will ever think of a watermelon without thinking of him. He smashed him with sledgehammers. He was a funny guy that did comedy that nobody else did before him or after, at least not that I know of. Gallagher, I remember growing up watching that stuff on TV and I was like, man, this guy is crazy. But uh, he made a living out of it and did his thing. Rest in peace, Gallagher. And then on November 20th, the green slash white Power Ranger, Jason David Frank, passed away. At the moment, they think it's suicide, but don't know for sure. He was born September 4th, 1973, lived till November 20th. He was a huge part of my childhood, too. The Power Rangers, when they first came out, were something 
nobody knew what was and nobody knew how big it was going to be and all of a sudden you're watching it every saturday and man i did for quite a few years so rest in peace to the power ranger it's uh it's sad i hope it wasn't suicide i i don't hope it was a homicide neither i mean nobody wants anybody to get murdered or pass away of any means but you know rest in peace hopefully the uh power rangers are with you all right running down some other stuff mlb this was a little bit ago october houston astros i still can't believe they won though i'm sorry i'm bringing this up i wanted the phillies to win so bad Man, I think like every other day I'm just thinking like, why did the Houston Astros win the World Series? I just keep thinking about it. I don't know why. I just can't stop. Ah! But shout out to Ian Happ. He won a Golden Glove. Shout out to Jose Abreu. Won the Chicago White Sox Heart and Hustle Award. Two awesome players that I enjoy watching. Glad they're on Chicago teams and I watch them all the time. Speaking of watching all the time, the Chicago Bulls are now 8-10. They're getting up there. They're playing better basketball than the beginning of the season. They beat the Boston Celtics on Monday, 121 to 107. And they defeated the Milwaukee Bucks, 118 to 113, Wednesday night, last night. I stayed up watching it. That's why this podcast isn't out a little bit earlier, because I wanted to watch the Bulls. It was a good game, back and forth. I think there was like 22 lead changes, like halfway through the fourth. Not just in the fourth, but through the game. They set it halfway through the fourth, probably like 23 by the time the game had ended. It was fantastic. But while we're talking about the Bulls, I want to remind people. DeMar DeRozan did not fall off. I have heard a couple times in the last week by people, some younger, some older, none of them know what they're talking about, saying DeMar DeRozan has fallen off. Let's recap what this man has done at the beginning of the season. November 1st, 20 points, 4 rebounds, 3 steals. November 2nd, 9 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Not gaudy numbers, but that is well-rounded. November 4th, 46 points, 5 assists. November 6th, 20 points, 5 rebounds. November 7th, 9 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. November 9th, 33 points. November 13th, 16 points, 4 assists. November 16th, 28 points, 7 assists. November 18th, 41 points. Against Boston on Monday, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. And if you by chance watched last night's gem against the Bucks, DeRozan had 36 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. He shot 2 of 3 from 3. 14 of 24 from the field, played 38 minutes. That's more than anybody on the Bulls and anybody on the Bucks. Although Giannis Antetokounmpo also had 36 points as well. DeRozan's an all-star. He's a great player. Quit trying to shun him. He has not fallen off. His averages for the year, 25.4 points. Shooting 51% from the field, 30.8 from three. 4.2 rebounds, 4.2 assists, and a steal a game. There are hundreds of players in the NBA and a million players around the world wishing they could do anything like that in the NBA. Get off DeMar DeRozan. He's a great player. Also, basketball stuff. Steve Nash, not coaching in Brooklyn anymore. Don't know if it's because of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. That whole situation is a mess. 
Man, I wish these great players just weren't great idiots at the same time. Just saying. Steve Nash, I hope he gets a coaching job, but he probably doesn't want to. He's probably going to set off into the sunset and uh, watch some soccer. I know this is old, but I had not got a chance to talk about it yet, so I'm going to. NFL trades. Christian McCaffrey. It's good for him. He got out of the sunken ship known as the Carolina Panthers. Bad for San Francisco because they get a sunken ship medical issue in McCaffrey. He's always in the hospital. Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, not with the Bears. They were traded. It hurts. It hurts very much. But business-wise, smart moves. Uh, Roquan was not going to stay. Robert Quinn was probably leaving. Uh, So we got something out of him. Good moves. And I hope the Bears are turning stuff around. And why always talk sports? Let's do some entertainment stuff. I've been watching The Voice the last couple seasons. And I heard that Blake Shelton was not going to be back as a coach or a judge or whatever you want to say that The Voice people are. And that is false. He's coming back for next season. He will be a coach, a judge, the face of The Voice. I don't even know if this show can go on without him. They're on season 22 right now. He's still on there. What would season 23 be like if he was not on there? I don't know. I don't know. But he's comedic relief. He is a music mastermind. He does his thing. So, don't know what that show would be without him. It will be without John Legend, Gwen Stefani, slash Shelton, that is Blake's wife, and Camelia Cabela, As they are all leaving, they are going to be replaced with Kelly Clarkson, Chance the Rapper, and Noel Horan. I do not know who Horan is. Kelly Clarkson has been a coach on the show before. Chance the Rapper, I mean, he's a rapper, so I know who he is. Um, I I really think it's weird that Chance the Rapper is going to be on there. I understood people like John Legend and Usher and Pharrell and things like that. Chance the Rapper... I don't know how much singing or the harmonies and stuff like that that he knows, but we'll find out. Maybe he's a mastermind too. Who knows? It is November, almost the end as we are on Thanksgiving. Again, happy Thanksgiving to all. Hopefully, you're telling people you're thankful for them, looking up in the sky saying, hey, I'm thankful for you. You know, the things that you do, make sure that people know. But it's cold, but it's not cold enough to keep fixing your house. Putting on fresh coats of paint, new tiling, new shingles, new drywall, new electrical outlets, new anything, whether a renovation, replacement, or just a change. Olson Construction is a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Keith Milas has the skills and over 10 years of experience to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, and formulate renovations in any room, hallway, staircase, garage, shed, or basement. For a free estimate, call 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Well, that is the intro. We got some great guests to get to. LaSalle, Peru, bowlers, and coach Isabella Weber, Olivia Weber, Jim McCabe, Amboy senior golfer Wes Wilson and Scott Payne, the Amboy Lamoyo, Ohio football coach. Without further ado, let's get to them. Enjoy your holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. Till next time. Peace. If you've ever 
listened to Edge of Your Seat podcast before, you know we got to have some bowling on. One of my favorite sports. I played it growing up. I've never been as good as anybody that I've had on my show that does bowl, including my guest today, LaSalle Peru senior Isabella Weber and sophomore Olivia Weber. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat podcast. Hi, I'm Isabella. Hi, I'm Olivia. Perfect. We got the voice tests out of there. Hopefully we can figure out who is who. Thank you very much. I mean, you guys had a fantastic, fantastic season. Had to be awesome for both of you. It really was. It was truly amazing. And your sisters, right? Yes. (laughs) So you got to do this as a senior and a sophomore, sisters, on a team of bowlers that you've bowled with probably your entire life. That has to be even better. (laughs) Yeah, it's really competitive between us. It really is. I will start there. Isabella, you say it's competitive. I mean, do you look at Olivia like, hey, I want to beat you every time you step on the lane? Yeah. Um, At the beginning of the season, there was a lot of tears. (laughs) Well, especially last year. Either, like, one of us would go home crying, (laughs) and our family would have to deal with it for, like, the rest of the night, and sometimes at the morning of the next day. But I feel like this year, like especially the second day of state, we really, really worked together. We got we got over it a little bit, uh, a lot of it actually. It was it was a really good season, especially that last day, because I feel like that's like when we really started working together. What do you think about this, Olivia? Did you enjoy bowling with your sister, even though you wanted to beat her at the same time? Uh, yeah, I really did enjoy bowling with Isabella. She's super fun, even though it was kind of competitive. <laughs> we did kind of get angry at each other some days, but the last, like, state when we went to state, we really came together and we started bowling more as a whole. Isabella, did you feel like, you know, having that competitiveness that you probably had your entire life with your sister, did that help you become a better bowler during your senior year? A little bit, a little bit not, because I feel like sometimes I got a little bit in my head about it, like, I was like, I have to pick up these pins in order to beat Olivia. Like, if I would have just, like, relaxed a little bit and, like, not thought so much about beating Olivia, I could probably, I probably could have done a little bit better. But I got over that a little bit towards the end of the season and, like, just, like, started relaxing and, like, not thinking so much about it. And then, like, it was, it, like, all, like, evened itself out. Olivia, did you kind of go into meets like that or competitions, tournaments? Like, hey, I just got to be better than my sister. She's a senior. I'm trying to show her up. Uh, yes, I definitely did. I was, like, so hard on myself trying to beat her. But I finally, like, relaxed in the middle of the season and started now focusing on her, but more on myself. understand that. I know how the sibling thing goes. I got to play basketball with my brother for one year, and my goal in life was just to score more points than he did in one game than he did in one season. That's what my goal was. <laughs> It never happened, but you got to have these goals, right? You got to push each other. Yeah, especially being, like, two of, like, the best bowlers in the area. Like, we know, like, we can beat each other. And, like, being on the same team, I feel like, just makes us so competitive to, like, like, we know, like, one of us is going to be, like, the loser. Like, you know, like, nobody's going to, like, beat us, like, in our area. So, like, either, like, one of us is on top, one of us is second. That is a great transition. I said it's been a fantastic season, great season. But we haven't even said what you guys did yet. You finished sixth in the state. And if you follow bowling, there is no classes. You're bowling against the best schools, regardless of enrollment sizes, regardless of how many people go. 
and you guys were sixth. That is six, right? After five, right before seven, and there's a million bowling schools. Talk about that, Isabella, knowing what you guys were able to accomplish. I think one of our biggest accomplishments is actually working as a team, because like all the way up, I feel like we are so like individualized, especially like regionals and sectionals. And the sectionals, I feel like it's like really like where we started working as a team. And then when state came around, it's like if one of us is doing bad, like the other person can pick each other up. I feel like that's the only way that we actually got six in state. It's because we worked as a team. Olivia, do you agree? Do you think it was the teamwork that made you guys, you know, excel as much as you did? Uh, yes, I do. Because our team, one person was down, we would have to bring each other up and make sure it didn't bring us down too. That's the team, and you had to just make sure, like, as a team, you were all happy, and everyone was, even if, like, you weren't doing good, you would still have your team to rely on, just not yourself. We're going to stay with you, Olivia. Being a sophomore... And being as good as you are, you know, you're one of the top bowlers on the team, but you're also, you know, you're young. You're only second year in high school. Was it weird or difficult when you were struggling or you had an issue? Was it weird to reach out and ask for help or, you know, ask for advice? Yeah, it definitely was hard because I'm stubborn and (laughs) I don't like asking for help (laughs) or taking help. And, like, definitely, like, the competitors, like, I didn't want to be, like, bad. I did finally start reaching out and asking for help more. Did you ask your sister, yes or no? Mm, Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't do that either. No, not asking (laughs) brothers or sisters, nothing. Don't get me wrong, I did try to help her. Sometimes sometimes she just get mad at me, so I just, like, didn't say much. That was kind of my next question, Isabella. I mean, when you see her struggling or, you know, you think you should say something, did you or did you back away because, you know, she's stubborn? I did try to help her sometimes, but sometimes it just make her more mad. So then I would just, like, back off. i just, like, let her do her thing, like, let let it run and see what she decides to do. And, like, if she had, like, a ball change or something or, like, a move, just see if she, like, moves. But, like, sometimes I'd be like, oh, like, maybe you should move, like, a couple boards left or a couple boards right. And she'd be like, no, like, I'm fine. <laughs> We're like, okay. Let's break down what you guys did in the postseason. You know, you start with the Manuka Regional. You guys finished fourth with the score of 54-96. You only missed third by three pins. Were you guys fighting, trying to claw into the third place? Honestly, we weren't really trying to claw into third place because we were we were just trying different balls, trying to di- like different angles on the lanes, trying to like figure it out. We knew that we were already in, so like we were basically just trying to figure out what would work because we knew like once the shot broke down like this is what it was going to be like at state so we weren't really calling our way to third but like we definitely wanted third don't get me wrong but like it was also like more of a learning experience Isabella you led the Lady Cavs with 1194 Christine Ritchie was second for LP with 1127. Olivia, you were only two pins behind in third place. Well, third for LP with 1125. Again, as a sophomore, being able to bowl and stick with the juniors and the seniors in a postseason match, knowing like, hey, if I don't do good and, you know, we don't do good as a team and lose, you know, our season's over. How did that, you know, give you, you know, confidence or pressure you into trying to bowl your best? There was a lot of pressure, but... I pushed through it and I tried my hardest, but it definitely like pushed me to like try my hardest and try and be like better so we can make it to sectionals. Perfect. Then we get to sectionals and you guys win it. You won the LaSalle Proof sectional. 
Isabella, it's your senior year. You guys are hosting the sectional, and you win. I know you were jumping up and down, going crazy. Yeah, I, really, I didn't know that we were like that close to first. And then, like, we threw our, like our last couple shots, and like everybody was like cheering us on. We we're all like, like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, like you just got like first in the sectional, and we we're all like. Oh, like, like nobody knew that we were really like that <laughs> that close. It was just so exciting, especially like getting the trophy in our hands and like being able to like take so many pictures with it and like like just be like as a team. Like I don't know, it was like, so much fun just like when as it's like one of us like won it individually, individually, but like we didn't move on as a team. Like it would not have been like that much fun. The fact that we went as a team was like way way more fun. Olivia led the Lady Cavaliers with a 12.27. Isabella, you were second with 11.96. I mean, Olivia, you go one and two with your older sister. Again, we've done the sister dynamic, you know, pretty much this entire conversation. But you're at home, you win a sectional, and you two are one and two. That had to be a cool family moment to realize what you guys just did. Yeah, it was amazing because, well, I beat Isabella. <laughs> that was fun. Isabella didn't have tears that day, and neither did I, so we were just, like, all happy. But you did mention that you'd be here, right? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that you guys talked about this the entire week. Did you rub it in Isabella's face? Yeah. <laughs> And then we go to State. Like I said, he finished sixth with an 11-198. And, of course, State is a Friday-Saturday. Two days, six games. Isabella, that's got to be grueling. That's a lot of bowling. It, it is, especially with, like, the practice beforehand. Practicing that whole entire week just to, like, get there. The amount of, like, effort like that we put into there is, like, crazy. <laughs> it's, like, the fact that we made it there. Like, we're, like, we have to, like, pull our best here. Like, you know, like, we can't, like, have no letdowns. And you've been talking about the team dynamic. I mean, had a team average of 186.6 per game. So that wasn't just you bowling well. That wasn't just Olivia bowling well. Every single LP bowler bowled well. Especially Mackenzie bowled really good, too. Because she has, a, like, a bad shoulder. I was so proud of her. How much she did bowl, like, the 12 games within two games, two days. is like, super impressive. Especially with her shoulder. Because, like, we see, like, how much pain she gets in. And she just, like... She just kept going up again. I was so proud of her. Yeah, she just pushed through it. I forgot to add the multiplier. Since we got two days of bowling, it is 12 games. You got six one day, six the next. That's even, yeah. that's even worse or better. Yeah. How do you look at that? Worse or better? Um, eh, <laughs> it could be bad or it could be good. Yeah. How was it at state, though? I mean, when you finish six, that's got to be good. Yeah, it's like a relief. Like, you throw your last ball and you're like, like, you're happy to, like, be there, but, like, you're so tired at the end of that, like, happy to just, like, relax for a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. And then at State, individually, Mackenzie Hamilton led LP, as you were just saying. You know, she bowled really well with a 23-25. Isabella, you were second with a 22-78. And then Olivia, you were third for the Lady Cavs with a 22-37. I mean, obviously, we found out you're competitive and you wanted to be first. But, Olivia, you had to be happy with Mackenzie. She's your teammate, sophomore, your classmates. You know each other. You had to be proud of her for what she was able to do as well. I was really proud of her because I've been bullying her with her since I was little, like grade school. And like her doing something like that just is so amazing. And we brought our team. I mean, Isabella, senior, you wrap it up with a sixth place finish at state. This had to be a great way for you to end your high school bowling career. It was. 
team, like, first you have Christy. Christy, like, is the most positive person you will ever meet in, like, your whole entire life. Have a single tear, and she's, like, right there hugging you. She's getting you back up off your feet, like, and Maria, Maria, <laughs> Maria's a character, <laughs> and she's, like, one of the, one of, like, the funniest people on the team, like, she used to have, like, this joke of, like, pocket mints, whenever you would get down, like, she would just give you a pocket mint, and you would, like, just, like, start smiling, because, like, you just knew the joke behind it, Mackenzie, great player, overall, amazing player, Anna, Melvina, Cameron, like, they're, like, subs, but, like, they were there constantly giving us high fives, and, like, keeping us up, keeping, keeping the team going, like, Usually, like, after, like, the second game, it's, like, you kind of, like, fall a little bit and, like, want to, like, a little bit down, you know? They just started to, like, pick you up, pick you off your feet. Like, the subs are, like, the subs are there more not to bowl. Like, they're there for, like, mental support and, like, to keep us going. Definitely. If you could help me out and give me some last names. I know Christina's Richie, and I know Mackenzie. That's Mackenzie Hamilton. Who are some of the other players you were just talking about? There's Cameron Para, Maria Pavlak. Melvina Jordan and Anna Ricky, which is Christy Ricky's sister. Perfect. So we had a couple sister pairings here, huh? Yeah. And they were really competitive, too. You can tell. Like, always one of them wanted to beat each other. Like, they wouldn't necessarily go home crying like me and Olivia did, but they were definitely competitive. <laughs> and Olivia, only your second year in high school bowling. I mean, this year is going to be really, really hard to top. But uh, it looks like you're having fun and competitiveness is going to, you know, keep you shooting for that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be different because I won't have Isabella with me, but it's next year will be still fun because I'll still have most of my teammates besides Isabella and Murray. But it's definitely going to be weird. <laughs> well, again, congratulations on a great season. I was happy. I was like, I was reading, I was following. Like, man, I know I got to have them on my show. I will in all due time as soon as I can. So thank you very much, Isabella, Olivia Weber, for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thank you. Can I add something? Of course you can. I would just like to thank our coaches, McCabe and my dad, because like we couldn't have gotten there without them. They were like there constantly. They came up to all the practices, and they just showed up for us. They were a team player, too. When we got down, they were still smiling. They were always there for us. Perfect. I mean, we can't just say dad. What's your dad's name? Dad, Scott Weber. <laughs> I mean, we can just call him dad, but you might have all the listeners calling him dad. That's true. <laughs> so, Scott Weber? Yeah. Perfect. Big shout out to Scott Weber and Jim McCabe. And thank you for adding that. I mean, that shows, uh, you know, some senior leadership like, hey, we wouldn't be here without these coaches. Good stuff. So, Jim, I mean, uh, you've been around the program a little bit and, uh, you know, finished sixth in state. That had to be awesome for you, you know, seeing the teams that have come in and out and being able to, you know, reach a real high for LP program. It was exciting this year as we came across the team together to see how, how it made the, made the team gel. We worked with the Four of the girls, you know, four of our starters, we worked with them, so, you know, working with them since fifth grade. So, it, um, and they've been bowling on the same team since fifth grade in many cases here. So, it just, it was exciting for Scott and I to be able to watch them become more than one team. And I know they were talking about they didn't make it become a team until they got to state. And I would kind of say that was a little before that. We, we pushed them really hard, especially this year. We were, we're one team, we're one, one group. We win it as a team, we lose it as a team, we do everything as a team, you know, whether it's, you know, practice that, practice that, we go to get, we go to get dinners after meets as a team, 
just to keep everybody together and kind of moving in the same direction and build that camaraderie to, to get us to that point. Just everybody can't be up on every game and every, so you need that, that team camaraderie to be able to boost each other up and keep each other going. It's a long two days. Um, it's a long three days by the time we did practice and everything. So it was, um, they needed each other to work, get through that and needed everybody's support to get, get that done. So, and, and that's what we built throughout the season. All right, I hear the crashing of pins in the background. You're at the bowling center right now, aren't you? Yep, we are. Prior, prior to this, we just got done with the grade school practice, so Isabella's helping, helping with the grade school team. So. Okay, so pretty much you live at the bowling alley? Uh, for about seven, six months out of the year, yeah. <laughs> Do you have a cot in the back? No, I don't have a cot in the back. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to the owners. I know them and be like, hey, we got to get this guy. God, he lives here. I mean, going into the postseason, I mean, obviously you knew you had a good team. Did you picture or phantom that, you know, they were going to finish as well as they did, winning a sectional and finishing six at state? I was pretty confident in what the team we had because we had gone through a number of tournaments and did very well. We went up to Rockford on kind of after our schedule got a little interrupted because of the COVID shutdown for about a week. And we're very competitive there. We're women in that tournament more of a learning lesson to find out about the lanes if we could find out a little more about it. But I felt very confident going into the postseason that they were coming together, they were gelled together, they worked together. We always tell them that their job is the goal and our job is to take care of all the, you know, the coaching aspect or what's going on around us. They get a little frustrated with that sometimes, wanting to know what scores are, but they, they've really learned over time that just that we're not going to lead them down the wrong road. I mean, like I said, I was watching, I was paying attention, and, uh, you know, I was impressed. I, like I said, you've had a lot, a, a lot of really good kids, a lot of good bowlers, a lot of good teams. What was it about this one that, you know, it seemed like all the pieces just started clicking? I'd say it was just kind of putting the, putting the team together for the past seven or eight years, uh, yeah, working with them through grade school, coming into high school, working through some issues, and working through, you know, last the frustration of the last two years prior to that, you know, getting in spring of 20, getting, or spring of 2019, I guess, shutting, getting shut down completely, and then um, spring of 21, getting shut off. We knew we had a team that, even at that point, could win those, the top tournament. I think it just left a, a left a third spot in everybody's, everybody's mind and everybody's gut to say, well, we're coming back this year, we're going to do it right. They went through the season, they were bound to go through each game, each meet and that they weren't going to lose. They were going to move forward on it, and we did that. We went through each meet, won the meets, won the tournaments, tournaments and placed high, high along the way. This team had a nice mixture of experience and youth and skill. I mean, how did it work out with the different ages? And I mean, you have two groups of sisters where Weber's are a senior and a sophomore, and then you got the Richies that are a junior and a freshman. So you're going to have a family team here for quite a little bit with a different mixture of ages. It's sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge, but it's sometimes good because our, our senior leaders of Isabella and Maria, they you know kind of sh- they have been around for enough years, knowing how how I work and how Scott worked. They knew it was expected of them, and kind of brought the team along. And at that time, when Scott and I needed to. Taking care of things, we could always count on Isabella and Maria to take, you know, take care of other things that need to be done. Our, our younger players, of like Olivia and, and Anna, and they, they would step up. They stepped up and knew that they were they were part of that team and they needed to be, you know, 
need to need the work you need to follow on if if you get the work done. They're always all about getting the work done. But with that said as well, I mean Isabella, Maria, seniors, you got this group of kids that are freshmen, sophomores, and you know, a couple juniors that are really, really good bowlers too. I mean, you're losing stuff. You're losing players that you don't want to lose, but you also have a cupboard that's full of talent. I'm super excited to see Isabella and Maria leave us. I said we've been with them for eight years. It's that point in my day, but then I'm also excited for the rest for the rest of the team. I know those two have bright futures ahead of them, doing great things, and then the rest of the team is going to come along. We've got, we got the young crush, we've got these do a good work, and the next ball. to hear you, you know, stepping up as a coach and understanding, you know, what you need to do. I wish there was coaches like that, every sport, every school, and there would be no boring sports ever. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, as always. You know, I reach out to you and you're like, oh yeah, I'll reach out to them and we'll get this done. I appreciate the quickness and you're always there to help out Edge of Your Seat Podcast with an amazing episode. So thank you, Jim, and congrats on a great season. Thank you. Thank you. We've talked to a couple golfers over the last couple episodes about state golf and the awesome seasons they've had. We have Amboy Senior Wes Wilson with us today. Wes, how's it going, my man? It's going great. How's it going with you? It's going all right. Before we just hit the record button, we were talking about the weather and how today being October 17th, it's really cold and windy, not really golf weather, and that we may not be able to play for like six months. Yeah, it's pretty disappointing. Sad that it's coming to an end after a good season. Because when it is nice weather, you're out there quite a bit, huh? Yeah, pretty much almost every day when I can. Try and do at least nine holes a day. And how long you been golfing? I started in high school. I did baseball up until high school. And then I decided I wanted to do golf and started my freshman year. Awesome. Why did you decide, hey, I want to play golf, baseball's been cool, but, you know, I, I want to get on the greens instead of the baseball field? Baseball had kind of been getting burnt out for me, and I could do golf as a season for, like, a sports team instead of just with my uh, family, so I decided to try it out, and eventually I, I liked it. And then your like turned into skills as, as a senior, you finished 16th in Class 1A state competition. I mean, that's not easy to do. Hundreds of golfers, crazy awesome teams all over the place, and you finished 16th. How did that make you feel, you know, senior cap off your season and your high school career in that matter? It was pretty special. I definitely did not think freshman year when I started that I was going to be able to even make it to state and then to get 16th out of a lot of golfers is great. Last year you made it to sectional, correct? Yep. Awesome. Did Hayden Wittenauer as well? Yeah. We both made it to the sectional at Byron. 
as juniors. Yep. And then as seniors, both made it to sectional. He did not make it to state, right? No. But having a guy like that, that you practice with, that you're around all the time, I mean, that has to make both of you guys better golfers, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, we're best friends. So we, uh, we post each other every day to get better and really work with each other on our games. And that got us to where we ended up. What was it about this year? I mean, obviously making to the sectionals as a junior is amazing, but to get to the state tournament, that's what everybody wants to do. What were some things that you, you know, did on the courses or, you know, inside your head? Because we know golf is a mental game. What did you do to try to prepare you to get there and to make it happen? Really just, I played like I had nothing to lose this year because it was my last high school year. And I just got out of my head a little bit better than I did in junior year and the years before that. So that's what really helped me. Golf is a mind-wrenching game. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it, it takes a toll. I just try and take it one shot at a time, recover if I hit a bad one, and go from there. What about your game was strongest throughout the season? Short game, long game, chipping? What was kind of your go-to when you were either trying to par or birdie or, you know, try to get back into the groove? What was something that was working for you all year? Uh, something that was working for me all year was probably my putting, especially in the postseason 18-hole rounds at regionals and through state. I uh, putted really well, and then my wedges – uh, from 56 all the way to pitching wedge, we're really dialed for most of the season, so that's what helped me a lot. Just because I'm curious, what kind of clubs do you use? What, you go a name brand? I've got four different brands. I got an Odyssey Putter, Cleveland Wedges, Callaway Irons, and then Ping, Driver, and Woods. Okay, so you're kind of all over the place, but decent yep. equipment. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have to wash some dishes to get those? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Mom and dad putting you to work? Yeah, I'm I'm really grateful that they bought all the stuff for it and I can be more happy that I got the equipment that I do. Also, we were talking off air about your mother. I knew her as Miss Henley as a speech teacher in Mendota High School. I'm not going to say what year I graduated. Yeah, well, 2004. She was a speech teacher. And you pointed out that you get your hair from her. Yeah, I, she has really curly hair, and I have really curly hair. Sometimes throughout the season, I would wear a hat, but I decided not to for the postseason. And I kind of let the hair roam in the wind, and I think it helped. <laughs> nice, nice. So do you have, like, a curly fro? Yeah, it's, it's pretty curly. I don't know if it's an afro, but... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever permit? Nope. I remember a couple of kids when I was in school that had the same kind of hairdo and they would permit. And it would look really awkward. Not saying bad, but awkward because you get used to seeing somebody every day with the same kind of hair and then they change it and it's weird. No, I've, I've never got a perm or anything like that. It just just curls up. Do you yeah. like it or is it kind of annoying? Uh, I, I like it. I had short hair throughout middle school and the first year of high school and then I decided to grow it out and I'm not going to change it I don't think is it the kind of hair when you can like get out of bed and it looks like you just brushed it or whatever because it just curls right into the same spots uh sometimes sometimes I get lucky and it looks good out of bed but other times 
it curls right up after I take a shower. So as a bald guy like I am, and I've been bald for probably like 15, 16 years. Well, I started shaving my hair before I went completely bald, but I saw the writing on the wall. So, you know, sometimes when I talk to somebody that has natural curly locks of love, you know, I got to talk about it just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but we can get back to the golf course Zach Ross, the coach He's been there for quite a few years And seems to get a couple golfers Or a team almost every year That are very, very competitive What is it about his coaching And the dynamics Of the Amboy Golf Program That is able to do that Shady Oaks is a really nice course So we're able to play on a good course Which I think makes A better golfer And he doesn't overcoach He'll see something wrong with your swing and he'll correct it, but if you don't try, he's not going to keep pushing it on you. He definitely says the right stuff and knows what's up. I feel like you almost got a cheating advantage because Shady Oaks is beautiful, but it's also kind of difficult with all the trees and the woods. So for a golfer through high school to be able to practice, you know, you have to hit it straight. You need to hit fairways, otherwise you're in trouble really early in a in a hole. I, I feel like this kind of, you could put it as cheating if you're an opponent, but for you it's an advantage to get you to kind of perfect the craft. I've seen it a lot where other high schoolers come to Shady Oaks and they don't might they might have their worst nine hole match of the season because they get some lucky unlucky kicks off trees or they lose their ball in the woods and have to take a couple drops. I know uh, where to hit it and it's definitely a home field advantage. That's one way to put it, because if you've been at Shady, I can see why you would love it. I've been there a couple times, and I love the course, but I can also see where it could cause tons of trouble from somebody that does not know it. There's some holes that require course management, as Coach Ross says, and some kids just don't have that because they come from wide-open courses with not too much trouble. What's the really, really, really long par five? Is it hole four? Is there a bunch of trees on that? Hole? Yes, absolutely everywhere. You're like surrounded in trees. It's almost like you're in an auditorium of trees. That's hole 14. Okay. It's it's the famous double dog leg. Yep, that's the one. Lots of people have stories about that hole and the nightmares they've got. Last time I was there, and this was all for fun, it was just, I think I just went by myself. I lost eight balls on that hole. They're in the woods there. If you ever want to find a couple golf balls, that's the hole to do it. You could probably go in there with like a little bag, Walmart bag or something, and fill it up. I've done that on lots of holes out there. If there's a tree, there's probably a golf ball somewhere. Now that your senior season is wrapped up, are you playing any other sports for the rest of the year? Uh, basketball. Okay. What do you think yep. about the uh, Clippers team coming to the court soon? We won nine games last year, which... Doesn't seem that great on paper, but it was the most in 15 years at Amboy. So we're just hoping to continue and add on to the nine wins. Are you more of a golfer than a basketball player? Absolutely. <laughs> but you you like playing basketball, though? I like playing basketball. I like to shoot three-pointers. I don't really like to play defense that much. But Oh, so you're like every other basketball player in 2022. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a... NBA point guard type of basketball player. You're a James Harden? Just chuck up a bunch yep. of threes and let people run right past you? Yep. Step back and sit down on defense. 
<laughs> I mean, you got to catch your breath for, you know, shooting threes. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have any plans of continuing to play golf for a school? So college, anything like that after you graduate? That's the plan right now is to play college golf somewhere. We're not sure where yet, but we're in the process of figuring that out. Awesome. Are you trying to stay local? Do you want to go out of state? Have you had those kind of thoughts of where you want to be at? I would go out of state, but I'd probably want to stay in the Midwest in one of those states close by. Okay. Even though, uh, you know, the south or west might be warmer, you're like, hey, I'm a Midwest boy? I am a Midwest boy, I would say. I like it up here. Definitely. It's not too bad. I like it. I keep leaving and coming back, so it is what it is. Yeah. Well, Wes Wilson, senior at Amboy, just had a miraculous golf season, finished 16th in the state in Class 1A, getting ready for the basketball season. So we will let you go, chuck up some threes, sit down on defense. But thank you very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You have a nice day. I mean, obviously coming here, you want to win a state title, but your team played hard eight points away, they have no reason to hang their heads. No, they don't. You know, they played a phenomenal game tonight. I'm proud of them. Uh, you know, those, those two turnovers there in the second quarter is what, what hurt us. And, uh, you know, but, you know, after week nine, they beat us 68 to 30. And we come back and only lose by eight, you know, just shows the resiliency of these kids. And I'm, I'm so proud of them. What do you think the difference of the two games were? I mean, 38 to eight, that's a big difference that you guys made up here. I think it was the situation of the game, state championship, and the kids got up more for it, and, uh, you know, they just wanted it so bad, and I feel bad for them, but, you know, I, they still had a great season. I'm still proud of them, and, uh, you know, it's you know, a loss for words right now on how I feel about that. Let's talk about Tucker. I mean, he made some great throws. He, when he started running, it was five, yeah. six, touchdown. He kept pushing, and you saw the whole team kind of uplift with his play. Yeah, you know, Tucker played a great game. You know, uh, this is his last high school game. And, uh, you know, I told him before the game, you know, this is your last high school game you're ever going to play and lay it all on the line. And he did. You know, he went out and played his butt off and uh, did some really great things for us tonight. And, you know, he's he, he's surely going to be missed, I'll tell you that. Definitely. Defensively, besides West Central's first couple stands where they got some big gains and stuff like that, you guys were holding them pretty tight for most of the game. What were some adjustments that you made? And what do you have to say about your defense in tonight's game? Uh, you know, defensively, we moved our defensive line around a little bit to kind of slow down their trap game and option game and uh, we started blitzing some linebackers some more and uh, you know the kids just you know they stepped up and started making some plays and you know that's what we needed to do and I just heard you guys say last year savor this but you know next year's coming uh, you know eight points you were this close you're only losing one senior you're gonna have all these guys back uh, what's that mean for your future and how much hard work are you guys going to put in if you're that close? Oh, they will. You know, uh, one of the coaches told them, remember this feeling. You know, remember this feeling whenever you don't feel like lifting weights or running or something. Remember the feeling you had tonight and you don't want to feel that again next year. And, uh, that's a great message to send to the kids.